regarding uh, Paul Krugman's column with respect to Mitt Romney and uh, mm. taxes and offshore oil uh, bank accounts and secrecy, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I think this story has sort of exploded uh, over the last week, and Mitt Romney is looking like a fish out of water. <laughs> um did not handled it well at all, and well, and what what do fish out of water do? They flip and they flop, and that's what he's been doing. <laughs> he's not answering the questions. It's very interesting because presidential campaigns are based on stories. <laughs> it's true. Um, of course, the most famous story regarding uh, presidents is, is is our first president, George Washington, the cherry tree. I cannot tell a lie. Uh, George Washington was famously uh, characterized, I think, on his passing as first in war, first in peace, and first of the heart of his countrymen. George Washington was a natural-born leader. Mitt Romney isn't. He's a disaster. He's a gaffe machine. And it's remarkable how this narrative, the Romney narrative, has simply fallen apart in the last uh, couple of weeks. Well, there was never a lot of enthusiasm for it amongst... Uh the fringe elements of the Republican Party anyway, so this is also part of the story. And, of course, the Bain story is interesting. It wasn't really brought up much in the 2008 campaign uh, because Romney kind of exited the campaign early and, mm -hmm. and, and sort of bowed out gracefully and turned over the challenge to John McCain, which ironically rhymes with Bain. <laughs> A limerick's in there somewhere. Also insane and pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, of course, it's ironic that they're called Bain, B-A-I-N. Maybe it should be renamed B-A-N-E. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the bane of the rest of the campaign for this fellow. But his narrative has simply fallen apart. Uh, it's fascinating that um, on f April 10th, 11th, 10th, 11th, Rick Santorum pretty much announced he was cashing in his chips. And Bain had been brought up by the Republicans. Uh, Rick Perry was the first one mm -hmm. to bring it up. And Rick Perry was the man on the white horse that uh, fell off rather quickly. Um, he just wasn't ready for prime time, got into the race late, and he got a bit of a bump when he jumped in, but he was so bad in the debates, he just uh, had no plausibility. But he was attacking Romney relentlessly about Bain. Very interesting. The political uh, history of these two gentlemen goes back to their... Uh, involvement in the National Governors Association, hmm. which met over the the weekend, and apparently they had some sort of personal rivalry that uh, created this uh, bad blood that uh, continued, uh, well, it got reemphasized when Perry jumped into the race. Newt Gingrich brought this issue up repeatedly. And in fact, it was interesting, there was a big blowback against Newt Gingrich back in December for his attacks on Romney regarding Bain Capital. Now, we didn't know about these curious uh, filings, this, the fact that Romney's contradictory, conflicting stories regarding the evidence and whatnot demonstrates beyond any shadow of a doubt that there's, he's covering some stuff up here. And, you know, for the purposes of testifying before a commission in Massachusetts when he ran for governor, this is when the, 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 the debate about whether or not he was a resident of Massachusetts came into play. Um, he, of course, in his 
autobiography that he that he circulated uh, as he ran for president this time around states that he uh, left Bain Capital in an active quote unquote management role um, on the 11th of February in 1999 to go quote unquote run the Salt Lake Olympics. Uh, the Salt Lake Olympics were the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. And they occurred in 2002. So Romney saw f- fit to sort of dissemble about where he was living and what he was doing. Well, at these hearings regarding his residency situation, because his residency was challenged in Massachusetts, Mitt Romney testified before uh, presumably semi legal entities. Uh, since he's used that word quite a bit lately, management entity, <laughs> uh, all kinds of entities. And what Bain has been doing these um, these many years, when Romney joined the firm, you know, th- this is a, this is ba- th- these guys are basically leveraged buyout types. They buy up companies with borrowed money. Uh, in some cases, they risk some of their own. But by and large, one of the interesting things about the history of capitalism is that capitalism is about risking other people's money. Indeed. Not yours. Um, I think it was Louis Brandeis, Justices of the Supreme Court, that used that famous phrase, um, that, that uh, capitalism is, is about risking other people's money. Well, we find out from sort of more authoritative sources, like, uh, and this is not just one or two journalistic entities here. This cannot be ascribed to the quote-unquote liberal media the conservatives have, have no counter-narrative here because the Associated Press, the Boston Globe, the New York Times, Mother Jones, everybody sees this fish, and he's out of water, and he's in trouble. You can tell by the way he's answering questions and holding these interviews. And he's demanding that Barack Obama issue an apology. For what? This is the main substance that Mitt Romney's been running on for the past three months since he quote-unquote sewed up the nomination back in mid-April when Santorum essentially bowed out. And Newt, of course, soldiered on in a sort of superficial way, and, and Ron Paul was never uh, had never won any states and really wasn't viable. But these questions remain. It's fascinating, too, when you compare his problem to his father's. Because this gets back to Richard Nixon in the 1968 campaign. Because who was running for president in 1968 in the Republican primary? George Romney, Richard Nixon, and Nelson Rockefeller. Rockefeller, hmm. Mitt Romney, hmm. Why do you think George Romney put out 10 years worth of tax returns? Richard Nixon, checker's speech. Now, he hadn't uttered the famous, I am not a crook. We later found out he was, <laughs> more than a correct. But, and, some, yeah. and Ronald Reagan was, of course, a superficial candidate as a favorite son from California, because people forget that Reagan was sort of running for president in 68, um, albeit as a so-called favorite son. Um, these guys were all, well, Richard Nixon was a, was a politician that went way back, but uh, George Romney probably put these tax returns out to contrast and compare him to the other candidates. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan was a rich man. Nelson Rockefeller uh, was the grandson of the richest man that ever lived, pretty much. 
he was so rich that the federal government had to break up his corporation, <laughs> Standard Oil. And what do we what do we have left? We got uh, five of the big seven oil international companies. Gives you an idea of how big Standard Oil was and potentially could have been. Mobile and Exxon that remerged actually were Standard Oil corporations in various states that mm-hmm. were that were actually part of the original breakup of Standard Oil. Yep. Uh, so this is a fascinating narrative that's fallen apart because Mitt Romney's um, argument is essentially management. I can manage the economy better than Barack Obama. Um, and of course, he's been focusing on the jobs issue, but Bain Capital is connected to cutting jobs, making money. That's their whole purpose. They don't, they're not. When they buy companies to take them over, they collapse them, they uh, fire a lot of people, they uh, basically break them up into smaller, uh, easily uh, swallowed pieces. And the other thing that's fascinating about the Bain Capital uh, entity, oh, there's that word again, (laughs) entity, is that it is a microcosm of American capitalism. It turns out that not only was Bain making money, um, shall we say, breaking up the companies by selling off assets, but they were in some cases charging management fees Mm. to break up the companies. Um, There's a fascinating detail in uh, the uh, uh, the 23rd of June... Uh, description about Bain. So this goes back a month ago, almost. On the 23rd of June, or 23rd of June, uh, Michael Luo and Julie Creswell wrote an interesting analysis of Bain Capital and how fees flowed to Bain. This is the title. Companies' ills did not harm Romney's firm. Fees flowed to Bain as bankruptcies neared. Well, this gets into the essence of when, quote-unquote, Romney left Bain. He benefited enormously from the massive Bush tax cuts that occurred when Bush came into power, uh, George W. Bush, in 2001. So he made a lot more money under the George Bush tax rates than he would have under the Bill Clinton tax rates. There's an interesting uh, paragraph in this article that I highly recommend. That's the 23rd of June, New York Times, Saturday edition. Probably a lot of people missed it because it was Saturday. It talks about the case of Dade International, a medical supply company which Bain acquired a stake in in 1994. Bain and other investment firms piled up nearly $90 million of fees over seven years. The company filed for bankruptcy in 2000, but not before. It had borrowed heavily to pay $420 million to Bain and other investors several years later. This is staggering vulture capitalism. I think that was a word used by one of Mitt Romney's opponents in the Republican primary. If that doesn't epitomize vulture capitalism, I don't know what it is. It's sort of like the banks. The banks have uh, lucrative compensation for their executives, their so-called managers, and their goal is to create fees for consumers. We know all about this. But Romney's got a litany of other problems. He's got a Bermuda Triangle problem. 
Mm. He's got an account in Bermuda, apparently. He's got the Cayman Islands offshore accounts. He's got Swiss bank accounts. In fact, at one point, in a signed editorial on the 11th of uh, uh, July, the New York Times notes on regarding Mitt Romney's tax return, which he submitted to the public. This is the one year that he submitted, 2010. The return showed at least 20 investments not previously listed on disclosure forms, but it did not provide enough information to evaluate their size or holdings. Neither the tax returns nor the disclosures have revealed the full amount of Romney's other offshore holdings over the years, including investments in Germany, Luxembourg, the Cayman Islands, Australia, and Ireland. Wow. <laughs> That's a tidy that, little package. Those are the tax returns that we've seen. Now, when Republican elected officials are calling for Mitt Romney to uh, become more forthcoming, and his response is to attack John Kerry, of all things, saying that he, his wife didn't have to file, didn't have to disclose her, her tax returns. So what? She's not running for president. That's right. <laughs> That's also quite some time ago. And Kerry married um, Teresa Hines. She was a widow. Right. And he had, was coming off a divorce. Um, John Kerry wasn't running on some issue regarding his uh, management experience. John Kerry was running on his public service record. Mitt Romney's uh, management record is shady, to say the least. So these questions that are, have not gone away, and Mitt Romney, I don't know what, he's, what his plan is. He decided to take a vacation over the weekend, back doing TV interviews on the friendly confines of the Fox News Network, I doubt they asked him any tough questions and probably threw in the softballs about these double standards that he then fell back on. Um, Romney, of course, owns many houses. So where he lives and what he, what he does but, uh, is, is, is anybody's guess. But if you're going to assert publicly sort of at a quasi-legal hearing in the state of Massachusetts in 2002 where uh, some entities have questioned your residency... And you assert that, well, I, I've been a resident of Massachusetts. I've been running Bain Capital. Well, the SEC filings, we already know, simply state he was the CEO, the, 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 the sole stockholder, and the, man in, and, and the director. He, he owned Bain Capital. So what's the mystery? Why is he then trying to claim, well, I wasn't managing Bain Capital? Please. Uh, th these uh, distinctions are... Troubling, and of course, it's the conflicting stories and evidence. And I'm sure that Mitt Romney has made a variety of misstatements regarding this whole record. Nobody even contemplated to actually look at the SEC filings. But how fascinating, because his narrative has fallen apart. He's been attacking Obama on the quote sluggish recovery. But the fact is, there is a recovery. Jobs have been created in 28 consecutive months. We're not losing jobs. That's Mitt Romney's job. He's, he's good at getting rid of jobs. Right. Oh, so, we also have no idea uh, where we would be at if uh, the Republicans in Congress uh, hadn't announced from the get-go that their primary objective was to see Obama fail. Yeah, 
And, of course, this raises other big issues. The United States, on paper, has $15 trillion of debt. The entire Republican Party has been running in the last 30 years, while Mitt Romney's been uh, managing entities like Bain Capital. Uh, This gets into why corporations are parking money offshores. The New York Times, once again from its 7-Eleven editorial, firms like Bain park money in the Caymans, because the islands have no taxes on capital gains, profits, or incomes for foreigners. But just because it's legal doesn't make it right. We have a deficit debt problem, which of course is one of the major issues of the 2012 campaign, precisely because it's characters like Mitt Romney that aren't paying the taxes. Greece and Spain have their economies uh, in Freefall decline because of this very reason. Yeah. And this is another bigger issue that, that unfortunately, you know, once again, the, the mainstream media is kind of missing some of the big, uh, the big trees in the forest for some of the shrubbery on the outskirts of the bushes, the technicalities, the issue of whether or not Mitt Romney technically told the truth or, or didn't. Um, I, I think that it's quite clear that there's some serious questions here. For the record, by the way, from 1984, when Ronald Reagan was president, from its inception as a firm, um, the private equity firm co-founded and run by Mitt Romney held a majority stake in more than 40 U.S.-based companies from its inception in 1984 to 1999, early 1999, when Mitt Romney left Bain to lead the Salt Lake Olympics. Of these companies, at least seven eventually filed for bankruptcy, while uh, Bain remained involved or shortly afterward, according to a review by the New York Times. In some instances, hundreds of employees lost their jobs. In most of those cases, however, the records and interviews suggest that Bain and its executives still found ways to make money. This gets back to the fees. Um, how are, is Mitt Romney, how are they charging fees to bankrupt companies? It strikes me that they're abusing bankruptcy laws here too. They are decapitalizing these corporations, which is exactly what the Republican Party has been doing to the United States of America since Ronald Reagan was elected. indeed. Decapitalizing, and then coming up with pie-in-the-sky ideas about how to deal with major issues like education. Fascinating to see that Bobby Jindal, the, uh, oh, and, and by the way, let's give Matt Drudge a, a brain damage award. Romney's on the ropes, and what does he do? Throws out a big rumor about, um, what's her name, Condoleezza Rice being on the short list for vice president. So that was a media story for a day. Bobby, Takes a little pressure off uh, Mitt. Yeah, and Bobby Jindal is suddenly back in the news, the vampire that uh, fell apart on national TV when he gave the response to the State of the Union following Barack Obama's election. Guy looked like he'd come out of the Bat Cave. <laughs> uh, the Batman movie's coming up. Um, so, yeah, what, what you know, Bobby Jindal, of course, is, is rumored to be a... Uh, possible uh, VPs on the so-called short list. Very interesting article in the uh, July uh, 12th edition of the New York Review of Books regarding Mitt Romney's uh, school uh, 
his, his plan to reform education. Of course, it calls for privatization. Naturally. Teachers unions being, quote, decertified. Um, online learning. She cites an example specifically from Louisiana. This is fascinating, where Bobby Jindal is leading education reform. This is an article by Diane Ravitch in Mitt Romney's schoolroom. She notes that the results are already troubling in Louisiana. Governor Jindal's education legislation was enacted in mid-April. The new law declares that students in low-performing schools are eligible to take their share of state funding, about $8,500, to any accredited private or religious school. There are about 400,000 students. More than half the students in the state are eligible. But only some 5,000 places are available. This is school reform? We're, we're, we're going to pass a bill that 400,000 people are eligible, eligible and there's 5,000 spaces. Uh, according to the Eternity Christian Academy, where there are, which has currently taken 14 students, it has agreed to 135 state vouchers. According to the recent Reuters article, students in this school sit in cubicles for much of the day and move at their own pace through Christian workbooks, such as... Uh, beginning a science text that explains what God made on each of the six days of creation. Science. They are not exposed to the theory of evolution. <laughs> this is education reform that Mitt Romney is trying to run on, and he he, he doesn't have anything to run on except well, these this management. Are businesses still. Yeah. This is all about businesses for profit. This is all about. Uh, the attack on the public schools, which has really been uh, sort of a background motif for the Republican Party, going back to the heyday of the John Birch Society in the early 60s. Yeah. And so this is nothing new, but it's much more uh, systematic and uh, across the board in its uh, attack. Uh, here in Michigan, of course, we've seen over the weekend, uh, there's a bill in front of the Michigan uh, state legislature uh, that's going to basically change the rules on teacher pensions. And so uh, people who choose to be teachers are henceforth to be penalized for their choice. Uh, that opportunity for a pension is no longer going to be there uh, for new and incoming uh, teachers. Why is anybody going to want to be a teacher? Uh, it's thankless work. It's uh, grueling hours. And uh, if there's no pension, why would anybody with the uh, qualities and merits to make them a good teacher want to choose that as a career? Yeah, and of course, it's, it's, it's a completely idiotic idea to begin with. This idea of attacking teachers, you know, Ravage's article cites Bob Dole as the originator of this from a political perspective, because nobody in their right mind, this, this shows how weird the Republican Party has become over the, the last couple of decades. Nobody in their right mind would attack teachers, but they're attacking unions. Uh, it's fascinating in this article, she notes, by the way, that Milton Friedman is the one that originally came up with the voucher idea back in 1955, which is, uh, as she puts it, red meat for the right-wing Republican Party. The timing, 1955, is key because it's after Brown versus Board of Education. And yeah. part of this response, uh, part of this reaction is, I don't want my kids to go to school with black kids. Right. So how can we create an all-white school in, in some other way? So the idea of the voucher is destructive to uh, the very concept of a community school. 
Well, and, and they, they just don't explain how these schools would ever function uh, in, in, you know, with the modern population that we've got, you know, the way it's distributed. She notes, by the way, that many states have had referenda on, on uh, Christian and religious schools and have rejected them, um, though its vouchers have been revived in, by state legislatures in Republican-led states. Mm-hmm. She cites Indiana, Wisconsin, and Louisiana. The other most remarkable thing about Romney and his education plan, because, by the way, you can check this out, and this is fascinating in and of itself. Uh, It is a 34-page white paper (laughs) by the Romney campaign with an introduction by Jeb Bush. It's available at MittRomney.com. .com. Okay, that explains it. It's 34 pages and it's probably 34 pages of bull dung and four pages of baloney. Now, Mitt Romney goes on to take credit for the revival of education in Massachusetts. Remarkable, because this is an example of Mitt Romney and his, the management entity known as MittRomney.com. She, uh, Diane Rabbits writes, Romney's campaign, by the way, this uh, July... 12th edition of the uh, New York Review books is really good. There's several very interesting political uh, articles, and it's a fiction review, so there's some very interesting mm. fiction books reviewed in that um, particular issue. And there's a little homage, by the way, to Maurice Sendak as well. Yeah. I didn't bring in the, the copy. I just ripped this one out of my own, because uh, uh, since I subscribe. Ravage writes, Romney's campaign, paradoxically, takes credit for the, Mass- for the fact that Massachusetts leads the nation in reading and math on federal tests known as the National Assessment of Educational Progress. But Romney wasn't responsible for the state's academic success, which is owing to reforms that are entirely different from the ones he's now proposing. Signed into law a full decade before Mitt Romney began his tenure... As governor of Massachusetts in 2003, the Massachusetts Education Reform Act involved a commitment by the state to double state funding of public education from $1.3 billion in 1993 to $2.6 billion in 2000. There you go. You want results? You have to pay for them. <laughs> you have to pay for them. You want results? I, I mean, this is empirical evidence. What does Mitt Romney do? He he denies. I mean, okay. At this this time, he's 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 running Bain Capital. He's not yeah. living in Utah, New Hampshire, Vermont, California, and his other. I think he's got four houses. McCain, for the record, had something like seven. Yeah, couldn't remember where all of them were located. <laughs> this is just remarkable stuff. And of course, she continues that by spending the money, a minimum foundation budget for every district district to meet its needs to develop strong curricula for subjects such as science history arts foreign languages math english and to put in a testing program based on the curriculum because of cost the state eventually tested only reading and math fair enough uh to expand professional development for teachers and to test would-be teachers in the late 1990s again before romney assumed office the state added new funds for early education. She also notes that they refused to um, eliminate teacher tenure, which is one of uh, Romney's uh, brilliant ideas. And um, 
as she notes that in the history of America, nobody has ever proposed education for profit. This is a this is a brand new concept. For the record, by the way, the idea of education for profit, if they want to actually examine facts, once again, the facts are completely absent from this uh, 34-page Mitt Romney.com report with an introduction by Jeb Bush. <laughs> um, you know, it, it goes back to this, this sort of mamby-pamby ideas about education. Um, and, and they're not realistic. Uh, they simply are not going to get the job done, as, as the uh, example from Louisiana notes. If there's 400,000 kids uh, eligible for this uh, voucher program and only 5,000 spaces, um, Bible-based math books that don't cover modern concepts such as theory and biology books that are uh, about refuting education, then we know what this is about. Not only this is this not uh, not only is this quote low cost and quote unquote for profit, it seems to be against education as we know it. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's pretty staggering. I mean, Mitt Romney should maybe star in the next Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> dun, well, dun, he'd dun, like to dun, hide dun. behind those dark glasses, no doubt, and sort of uh, sneak in Tom Cruise style upside down by his heels and. Take the jewels and leave, no doubt. But anytime people use the business model to uh, talk about the failure, uh, quote-unquote, of schools, uh, they begin with a flawed premise. Because in the business world, if you have workers who do not perform up to expectations, you terminate them. You fire them. Uh, you lay them off, whatever. Uh, that's not the way it works in schools. If kids struggle, you don't fire them. You must render extra assistance to them. This requires time and energy and expertise. And uh, it's just one example of uh, the flawed nature of the business model. You mentioned the testing that is now extensively done. This is a new cost. These uh, mandated and imp imposed uh, standardized tests are a cost that districts must bear. Yeah. And, of course, that cuts into already, you know, paper-thin budgets. Uh, and, and, so and, by the way, we've noted uh, that the, the media has noted that there's been massive cheating on these tests all over the, particularly in southern states, which is yeah. very interesting. Well, on the online uh, education thing, uh, sounds uh, on paper, to use an archaic uh, concept and expression, uh, to be a great idea. But there's no way to verify who is actually doing those math problems yeah. at home on the computer. Is it mom? Is it big sister? Nobody will ever know because as long as it's entered in, uh, Johnny gets his credits. It could even be the HAL 9000. <laughs> it could very easily be, Dave. And uh, to bring it back to uh, where we began with this idea of a narrative, uh, these are just several ways that... Um, we all know that a candidate needs to appear to be, quote-unquote, just plain folks. Mm -hmm. uh, George Bush, W. Bush, and John Kerry, the question boiled down to in the media, who would you rather have a beer with? Yeah, even though one was a reformed alcoholic that wouldn't drink beer. Right. <laughs> so the, even there, it was, was screwed up. But... Uh, Mitt Romney uh, is not plain folks. All the genes in the world uh, will not render him plain folks. And uh, maybe now he's got to struggle a little bit. He might want to investigate a website 
by a group called Patriotic Millionaires, a group of wealthy Americans who recognize that you have to pay for things to get a functioning society. And they are willing to pay more taxes than they are currently obligated to pay. This is noble and indeed patriotic. Yeah, well, fortunately, it's been reported.